0: Welcome Day 288 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season together of uh, the Story of the Prophets. I'm Paul here with uh, Katie and Matt and David as we continue our journey through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we're in a section of Ezekiel that uh, began in chapter 16 and we we'll go through chapter 24 where God pronounces His judgment on uh, Judah for her unfaithfulness to Him. We come to a very graphic passage today, so this uh Podcast should come with a little bit of a warning. If you're listening to this in the car with your family, Uh, you might want to skip to the next episode or go to the previous episode. A very strong language, at the very least, you know, R-rated, you know, in its content. We have to remember that the Bible, you know, comes to us in a different time and a different culture. It's very crusty, very earthy as we read it, but at the same time. This would have been very shocking to the people who read it in Ezekiel's generation. This is a strong indictment on the unfaithfulness of Israel as uh, God compares it to the unfaithfulness of uh, two twin sisters. And uh, as we read it, uh, we will sense the sense of horror and shock, but at the same time, we realize that our unfaithfulness to God is deeply personal and deeply offensive to him in the same way if someone were unfaithful to us in this manner, it would be deeply personal and deeply, Mm -hmm. you know, grievous to us. So we read it in that spirit as we we look at it and be prepared for just a bit of a shock as you do read. Uh, Before we read, let's offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are We thank you sometimes for the very stark, very graphic nature of your word. We thank you that you confront us in our ease and make us sometimes very uncomfortable. We thank you, Father, for a passage like this that shows how deeply personal our sin is and how deeply destructive our sin is. Mm -hmm. As we read this, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And Father, enable us to respond to you Uh, in in the way that you would have us respond in this moment. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, there were two women, daughters of the same mother. They became prostitutes in Egypt, engaging in prostitution from their youth. In that land, their breasts were fondled and their virgin bosoms caressed. The older one was named Ola, and her sister was Olawa. Uh, They were mine, and they gave birth to sons and daughters. Ola is Samaria Aleba is Jerusalem. Allah engaged in prostitution while she was still mine, and she lusted after her lovers, the Assyrians, warriors clothed in blue, governors and commanders, all of them handsome young men and mounted horsemen. She gave herself as a prostitute to all the elite of the Assyrians and defiled herself with all the idols of everyone she lusted after. She did not give up prostitution. She began in Egypt when during her youth men slept with her, caressed her virgin bosom, and poured out their lust on her. Therefore I delivered her into the hands of her lovers, the Assyrians, for whom she lusted. They stripped her naked, took away her sons and daughters, and killed her with a sword. She became a byword among women, and punishment was inflicted on her. Her sister, Aholabah, saw this, yet in her lust and prostitution she was more depraved than her sister. She too lusted after the Assyrians, governors and commanders, warriors in full dress, mounted on horsemen, all handsome young men. I saw that she, too, defiled herself. Both of them went the same way. But she carried her prostitution still further. She saw men portrayed on a wall, figures of Chaldeans portrayed in red with belts around their waist and flowing turbans on their heads. All of them looked like Babylonian turret officers, natives of Chaldea. As soon as she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. Then the Babylonians came to her to the bed of love, and in their lust, they defiled her. After she had been defiled by them, she turned away from them in disgust. When she carried on her prostitutions openly and exposed her naked body, I turned away from her in disgust, just as I had turned away from her sister. Yet she became more and more promiscuous as she recalled the days of her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. There she lusted after her lovers whose genitals were like those of donkeys and whose emissions like those of horses. So you long for the lewdness of your youth when in Egypt your bosom was, your bosom was caressed and your own breast were fondled. So you have a very, very graphic description of uh, sexual infidelity, which strikes at the very heart of idolatry. It's an infidelity to the one that loves us deeply and has given himself for us and cherishes us. And yet we have offered ourselves, you know, not just, you know, in, in, in any small way, but the whole of ourselves uh, to many other things rather than to the God who has loved us. And as we said in the introduction, in the same way that these are deeply personal uh, you know, uh, to God, uh, in, in the same way that is very deeply graphic and deeply personal to anyone who would be betrayed like this, uh, we see that God is not just something, you know, distant uh, deity, you know, that is unmoved by, you know, our situation mm-hmm. and unmoved by our unfaithfulness. This is very deep and very guttural and uh, very real.
1: Well, we often say and, and, and think, you know, that our idols are, you know, cute. They're really not that big of a deal or, you know, but it's passages like this that kind of show us that when we turn to other things for our comfort or even mm-hmm. things that, you know, we love that exist in this world outside of, of God, that this is the image that it is. You know, it is a very, I, I often don't view my idols and my heart's affections for them this graphically. And, mm-hmm. and yet this is the image that we see here and I think paints our idolatry and and our loves for other things besides the Lord in a, in a kind of a fresh light that some of us might need to see them mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things, you know, speaking to that it just is really helpful when we read scripture and we see that, that theme of, you know, God, you know, choosing a people for himself. And and then you have kind of the marriage, you know, reality as being a, a signpost, if you will, between the relationship between God and his people. Mm-hmm. You begin to see that, you know, we read this and it's, it's graphic, but it really is getting to the heart of, of who God is. You know, what he desires in terms of relationship with his people. And at the same time, it gets to the heart of the people that you see. You know, this isn't just an an act of adultery as much as this is a rejection of God, choosing other things, prostituting them out, and mm-hmm. and then you see the the wickedness going further in verse fourteen. But she carried her prostitution still further. You know, so you get God pleading with His people, and yet the people of God continue their their idolatry further and mm-hmm. further and further. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and we should get you know um, beneath the text to what it's you know talking about. It's talking about. You know Israel, you know, and uh, or you know or Samaria, and Jerusalem. You know the two capitals of the cities, the people of God that is already split into. And of course, you know Samaria, uh, you know, was overcome by the Assyrians. And in both instances, they look to these nations, you know, as a political alliance. And Mm -hmm. once they had the political alliances, they 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 turned on them, so they're destroyed by the very ones you know that they had once you know trusted in. And uh, you have. Jerusalem who looks down on the idolatries of Samaria, but God is actually saying to Jerusalem, yours, yours are worse. Uh, not only are you doing the same things, but you have the temple, you have the law, you have you know the privileges of being the people of God, and uh, that makes it even worse that you have been unfaithful. And, of course, it describes unfaithfulness in the most, you know, graphic sense. And, of course, every one of us, you know, uh, would be jealous lovers. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, you know, is looking for those that we love to return our love in purity and in devotion and, and in fullness. And uh, every little flirtation, you know, is is really, you know, a deep insult and you know, deeply breaking, you know, and you know, deeply hurting, you know, heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, in every sense sense of the word. And, of course, the same thing is happening here with God. And these are not just simple flirtations. This is the wholesale giving of oneself to idolatries to other nations rather than relying on the Lord and rejoicing in the good gifts you know that he has given.
2: Yeah, I think it's just so interesting that God— created us with this um, capacity for this type of relationship like a type of just love relationship even just a sexual relationship where you are becoming one with a person and uses this as the example because he knows that that communicates to us on a deeper level we feel what this is describing there's just how terrible their idolatry is and how hurtful it is to them and to the Lord. And it's offen- it's an offense to the Lord. Um, so it's just so interesting that like he uses this example because as we read it, we, the, you know, if you've ever been in any sort of like marriage relationship, you know, even the thought of the, your spouse, even just thinking about having an affair, much less doing any of these acts is it's deeply painful and so we can just not even see it but feel um the weight of this and the fact that that we're not just giving little pieces of ourselves when we are when we're sinning and when we're um, worshiping idols but we are giving our whole selves over to those things um and it helps me understand like why he's a jealous god it's terrible
0: no, and, and and of course that's the reason uh, we have you know such a sacred view of sexuality you know mm-hmm. within the Christian faith because it's not just simply you know uh, as you said giving a piece of yourself to someone else it's giving the whole of yourself mm-hmm. you know to you know to someone else and, and of course that is also you know a way that calls into a bigger sense, you know, what our devotion to God looks like. It's not just giving a piece of ourself to God, but the whole of ourself to God, who has given the whole of Himself through the cross, right. you know, to us. And uh, again, this is a very hard passage to read. I've been, you know, reading it for years, mm-hmm. you know, in the read through of the Bible, and I kind of wince mm-hmm. every time I do read it. Uh, but sometimes, you know, the Bible does, uh, you know, go beneath the surface and get underneath our skin yeah. in a way, you know, that awakens us to the realities of our unfaithfulness to God. And this is a passage that, although it does it in a very hard way, mm-hmm. does it, you know, in, in a very in a in a very rich way. Uh, Kitty, you mind closing us with a mm-hmm. word of prayer?
2: No. Mm-hmm. Oh Father, forgive us for just running to other things um, for our satisfaction, um, for help. When we're panicking and we think that we need this thing to, um, to give us answers, we need this thing to um, give us peace, um, and yet we end up being mastered by, so often mastered by the things that we, that we run to um, and used by the things that we run to. But God, you are a God who has given of yourself. You have given yourself for us, Would we give ourselves to you each day, knowing that you are faithful God, you are a loving Father, um, and you are you're there and you're guiding us. Uh, Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence with us and for your help in interpreting these words. Um, Would you just help us as we continue to follow hard after you, Lord? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.